Hello, and welcome to Studio Sessions, the big red and shiny podcast where we talk with artists about the ideas, inspiration, and processes that go into their work. I'm your host, Matt Kuhlman, and this episode I'll be speaking with Helena Shea. Helena earned a BA from UCLA in 2004, a BFA from the San Francisco Art Institute in 2008, and an MFA from the School of Museum of Fine Arts in Boston in 2012. After a brief foray into commercial graphic design, Helena returned to fine art, creating a body of work that examines her identity and her relationship to the art world through a series of self-portraiture and scenes taken from various points of her life. Join me as Helena explains her artistic journey and how her pieces illustrate small fragments from her experiences. Hi, Helena. How you doing? Good. How are you, Matt? Good. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So I guess we can start by disclosing that we know each other from a long time ago. Yes. Um, from 1999, Marie Sharp Art That's Camp, right. I guess, in Colorado Springs. So mm-hmm. what have you done since then? What got you to getting your MFA last year? Well, it's been kind of a, a long journey, still ongoing, but... Um, well, after um, that program, which was in high school, I um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, went off to college at UCLA, and um, I was uh, studying English literature. You're from Los Angeles. Yeah, right? I'm okay. from Los Angeles, yeah. um, a suburb of Los Angeles uh, called Long Beach, right. um, so it's a little south 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um it's a little slower paced um, than. It's where Snoop Dogg is from. Exactly, he actually <laughs> went to my high school. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, I went to college, studied English literature. Um, I was doing a little art on the side, um, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to actually do. And then after that, I, I was still painting, um, and then worked for two years as a graphic designer decided it wasn't for me and then went back to school. Uh, I went to San Francisco Art Institute for uh, a second bachelor's but in uh, fine art painting Mm -hmm. uh, concentration Um, and then I waited a year to apply to grad school. I was working on some paintings, Mm -hmm. um, decided to focus on painting and what kind uh, of stuff did you make when you started at um, San Francisco? What was your uh, focus like coming from like Having dabbled in the graphic arts for a while, like, mm-hmm. did that kind of seep in there? And um, a little bit, yes. Um, I have, let's see, I, I use a lot of hard edges in certain parts of my my paintings, and kind of like more um, in that sense of the graphic element. But other than that, um, I really wanted to concentrate on um, color and emotion. I mean, some of that comes from, um, you know the use of color in, in design, but um, in painting I wanted to focus more on emotions and uh, the psychology of, um, of that, um, mm-hmm. so, but it was mostly um, like uh, the, the painting um, where I'm looking at art, I was thinking about my relationship to art, so I have a, a whole series you probably saw um, where yeah, I saw a I'm lot just, of pictures of you looking at art. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so that was me trying to get back into uh, the 
the fine art mode um, mm -hmm. because I felt that I kind of lost myself a little doing the commercial art. Um, I thought that was what I was going to do because it actually makes money. <laughs> but then I realized uh, it wasn't it's really not as rewarding. No, if you don't care about it. <laughs> no, exactly. So I wanted to get back into the the fine art realm. Um, mm -hmm. And I felt a lot happier. So, and well, I, I really concentrated on my first love, which was painting. Mm -hmm. um, and then I decided I want to go all the way and go to grad school and just pursue it. And otherwise, I'd always be left wondering, what mm -hmm. if I don't like that? <laughs> yeah. So, what were some of the art pieces you had yourself looking at? There's a Rothko on the one that you. Mm -hmm referenced over there yeah um uh, there's a rothko and then another one is um kind of a an abstract painting not uh, anyone famous but a, a fellow student of mine it kind of took a, a, a you know little section of it and uh, and then there's mm -hmm. another one um where um i'm looking at a landscape a little kind of like hudson river-esque but painted by a, a sunday painter <laughs> that yeah. got from my grandma's uh, nursing home someone had yeah. tossed it so yeah but and then oh and then there's a Duchamp okay. from the MoMA as well so just various different kinds of um, art mm, I guess on on the subject what's your kind of favorite stuff to look at I guess for me um, I really like uh, realist painting um, especially say Vermeer's or uh, Sargent's, um, like at the MFA, mm -hmm. um, or just uh, well, any, any of the old masters, like Vermeer, yeah, mm -hmm. um, Rembrandt. Do you try to work in that kind of vein then, like the same ideas they have of painting a scene and yeah, um, I try to take some of the old um, genres and kind of put my own contemporary spin on it. Um, like Hopper, mm -hmm. um, where he has usually has lone solitary women in, in interiors, um, I usually um, show my, um, depict myself in, in these scenes, which you've probably seen some of the mm -hmm. current ones where I'm in a room, and these are shot around my apartment. Okay. Um, I try to capture that New England cold northern light which is so very different from where i grew up or yeah. southern, uh, sunny southern california yeah um so i'm influenced a lot by where where i am currently physically okay. um so right now it's all about um interiors and apartment um, buildings mm -hmm. um, yeah and it seemed like um pretty much all the paintings on your website at least were self-portrait or Sort of self-portraiture in some way is that right or? yes definitely mm -hmm. yeah I, I found that it uh, doing these self-portraits um, which where you don't see my face generally mm -hmm. um, I felt were more compelling to me it kind of gave me more of a um, way an intros introspective way to kind of um, investigate like my sense of identity as um, I'm moving from you know, the West Coast to the East Coast, and also like what sort of artist, uh, being female, Asian American, you know, minority, and then mm -hmm. in this um, Western canon of like you know mostly male painters, mm -hmm. or Caucasian, or you know, trying to put my uh, spin on it, like where I am. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, can you point out like some? specific instances where you've tried to explore that in these paintings here? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, in the Rothko one, um, 
I always actually didn't really like abstract painting, except um, mm-hmm. in this instance with the Rothko. For some reason, that really affected me. But um, yeah. But when I and I, like there's something about the huge fields of color yes, that appeals exactly. to almost everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and so I kind of wanted to convey what um, I felt in, in, like in front of it. Um, I mean, it's this huge painting, and then it kind of it kind of monumentalizes everything but then when you stand in front of it you feel a little bit insignificant mm-hmm. and so there's me just kind of small and the painting's huge but then um, it's skewed a little bit by the camera mm-hmm. so you can see that it's kind of yeah, it's wonky kind of like trapezoidal yeah but. exactly <laughs> and also um, I had to paint the Rothko I mean it is a Rothko but it's my version mm-hmm. like it's me painting it's a painting of a painting yeah exactly and and I was thinking about it as I was painting I was like oh I'm, I'm painting the Rothko but it's not exactly Rothko because it's my interpretation of his painting through my brush strokes and like how I see his color and so I was just thinking mm-hmm. about me that, and t- attempting to do this like it could be kind of daunting but at the same time I felt well you know, I, I got to do this. It's it's just <laughs> something I have to do um, because um, I wanted to show uh, someone who was a, a really significant part of the, the canon, you know, like mm-hmm. male, you know, ab X, you know, really macho. I mean, not like Pollock, but... But in it, yeah, did you choose Rothko yeah. because it's easier to replicate than yeah, Pollock? Yeah, kind of, actually. Yeah, I thought about a Pollock, but yeah. um, I thought it would have be... Have to sit there and paint all those squares. Yeah, so. it would have been too much. I mean, not to say I wouldn't have done it, but I felt more drawn to, to Rothko's work because I actually, I mean, I like it more. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels to me more visually. More spiritual, as ex- crazy ex- alcoholic. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so then I did that. And then... There's another one where there's a Velazquez. Um, it's the one where the three figures are looking um, mm-hmm. at the Velazquez painting. But I, I painted that one really small and kind of really painterly. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people can still tell which painting it is because um, they've been to that. I mean, it's it's changed now, the, the whole setup of that room. But a mm-hmm. lot of people recognize it's a really iconic painting. He has the ruffles and... Um, but um, I, I did it really painterly and brushstroke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah if, it's, if that one's small, it could be really hard to tell for me, at least because mm-hmm. uh, it's so obscured by the figures. Yeah, but you can tell it's an old master painting yeah. with that ilk. Yeah, so. you can tell it's a museum setting. Yeah, sure. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, But all these are male painters, and um, I, I, it was funny that I, I chose um, them because... There are not a lot of female um, painting, uh, female painter paintings. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Have you ever considered, um, you know, kind of directly referencing like their paintings, but adding on? You know how people do that sometimes. They like oh, recreate. Like, yes, yes. A um, famous painting. And right. Um, so you can tell that's what it is, but yeah, there was one. Um, actually, uh, there's this painting, the the blank canvas painting, and I was thinking about. Um, Norman Rockwell, you know that that famous one where he's it's a th- uh, triple portrait where he's smoking and you mm. can see him in the mirror and then it's his back and there's a um, he's painting his self portrait and I was thinking about that but um, mm-hmm. and in this one I have a mirror um, actually this came up uh, um, and I didn't even think about the the uh, um, Norman Rockwell until later but uh, uh, so I'm in the the studio 
painting, but you can't see what the canvas will be. It could mm. be a self-portrait um, <laughs> or not. And you can't really see me in the mirror at all. You just see my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of interesting thinking about Rockwell and how I'm kind of doing something, something similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you were saying about doing a painting of a painting, like I noticed that there's kind of a lot of that like multi-layeredness to some of your pieces, especially in one where um, it's up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of that's you on a phone on a TV. Is that yes. right? That's right. Um, so that piece, um, it's funny, uh, I did that in grad school, and it was actually at Anthony Montori's TV okay. <laughs> um, in his uh, studio at the time, and there was a, a video camera, um, not recording, but it was just on the mode where it was just you know, on, and you mm-hmm. could pass by. And I always pass by it onto my, uh, when I go to my studio. So one day I happened to have uh, just be playing with the image and... Um, just kind of look, I always look at myself through different modes, like the video camera or a TV screen, just to, I don't know, figure out different um, images. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one I was just shooting um, myself through um, the video ca- um, camera, but then I took a picture on my cell phone, mm-hmm. which was a, a razor. Um, you can see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have that. So this phone was like anymore. 2007, right? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought there was something arresting about that image of the I don't know, girl on the TV. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you can't see your face in that one. Yeah, either. exactly. Partially um, obscured. Yeah, I like obscuring myself just because I didn't want to do a straight portrait. Mm-hmm. I found that just kind of cropping is more interesting to me because it's not really like um, a self-portrait, a straight self-portrait per se um, for me. I, I kind of wanted to use myself, but as a character in these different narratives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like that ambiguity, you know, like and kind of leaves it up to the viewer to kind of figure out or put their own spin on what's going on mm-hmm. um, as opposed to me telling them like I want to present something but I don't want to reveal all mm-hmm. you know and that's what I find uh, most interesting about say certain movies or books where you, you're left wondering a little bit So uh, all these pieces that we've talked about is that stuff that you all did in grad school, basically. Mm-hmm. Are you still working on the same type of work? Yes, I am. Um, so for my, my thesis show, I, I did um, the series where um, you saw that the, there's all these... Um, it's it's me, the figure, but um, in, a, in these spaces. Um, and I'm, I'm still working on that theme of the you know solitary female um, figure... Um, and working with this idea of um, kind of still stillness and slowness of um, time, mm-hmm. um, and kind of 
these in-between moments where it's before and after, say, like, a climax of a, of a scene or, mm-hmm. or a, a moment, you know, like, you're not sure if you came after or before, mm-hmm. um, so I'm still working um, with, the, with those images, so and, mm-hmm. and sh- shooting some, some new images for that. Yeah. Do you always, like, set up scenes and photograph and work from photographs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I always uh, set up um, scenes. Um, I, I shoot hundreds of photos and do a lot of like, you know co- changes in costume, lighting, or I move furniture around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like kind of directing my own scene. Mm-hmm. But yeah, have you ever thought about um, using the photographic work that you're doing since you put so much work into it and some way other than just translating it to a Yeah, actually, I've thought about um, the standalone photograph because uh, people have mentioned to me mm-hmm. that they um, work well on their own as, as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I've thought about just presenting the photos on themselves mm-hmm. that might be something in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Any specific ideas or anything that's held you back from that before? Just the um, process of painting appeals to you yeah i think it's because for for me painting um allows me to linger on the image as opposed to the photograph being just an instantaneous capture of a a scene um for me painting kind of allows me to like live with like a particular moment um and it, it just allows me to dwell on on it um which i think for this day and age is something uh, people don't really do like everything's so instantaneous, you yeah. know. <laughs> and 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 for me, it's it kind of slows things down and that idea of just you know mm. um, stillness and um, dwelling. And maybe to make it more suited for modern audiences, you could just take all your thousands of photos and make them into one, like, video where it just flashes, like, a quarter of a second at a oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought of that, actually. Yes, <laughs> Wouldn't yes. be able to see anything. It would be <laughs> with Yeah, image. yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how I feel sometimes, like, looking at things online. It's just, like, overwhelmed. Oh, and yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I was curious about this painting up here. Um, it's a little... It's like the ones where you're looking at artwork but you're actually out somewhere this time mm-hmm. it's a little different from the other ones that I've seen yeah um this one I did actually my first year of grad school and it's um it's of San Francisco um okay. I'm overlooking um it's actually at the art institute um San Francisco art institute um mm-hmm. look, overlooking the city and um it's it was at a an art reception that's why she has a mm-hmm. class of a liner hand, but um, yeah, I was kind of think that was the first painting that started off the whole um, looking away from the viewer, you mm-hmm. know, um, because I felt like it, it provided a sense of um, that mystery. Like she's looking off, um, and you can't see her face. Um, but she's looking at the view, and kind of that contemplative mood, and mm-hmm. you know, I was just it was just the first painting that started off the whole, you know, faceless. Yeah, I guess it was very much in the vein of what you were saying, you're interested in, like, Sargent and stuff, where it's Mm -hmm. this kind of narrative moment scene being created. Yeah, definitely. Um, It was, it was, it was the first one where we were piecing together a scene or narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Were you doing the self, any kind of self-referential types of work in your undergrad before you were 
mm-hmm. doing this stuff. Yeah, um, I was doing... Or like the, kind of the multi-layeredness yeah. of like painting, painting like we were saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, there was this, this, uh, the umbrella painting, um, I was thinking about, so I reference a lot of, like, old, uh, painters, such as, uh, you know, Kaibot, um, uh, the French painter with the, it's like a rainy scene in Paris, uh-huh. um, it's kind of a... A well-known painting, I guess. Um, and I was thinking about that, but I, I said it's set in San Francisco, and I was just shooting um, p- uh, photos of uh, my friends in the city while we were waiting for the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the Christina's World by uh, Wyeth. Okay. Um, you know where she's on the uh, the ground, and there's a barn. It's like a midwestern. Scene. Yeah, I just saw that at the MoMA recently. Yeah, um, <laughs> I actually uh, I love that painting, and um, you so tried to steal it, didn't? You? Yeah, <laughs> I, <tried>. I wish. <laughs> yeah, um, and I I was I, I used myself, um, and but it's it's more of a, a green scene because I was living in San Francisco and I was trying to capture the California light, mm-hmm. um, but also um, I. Wanted to capture that kind of strangeness, you know, when you're looking, you're not sure what's going on, like in that painting, mm-hmm. um, but but it's so beautifully rendered. And there's that barn in the in the background. Um, I put a tree, mm-hmm. um, so there there's that one. Um, yeah, I, I try to reference a lot of art history, and I'm just all the growing up um, in in um, suburbia. I was always looking at. I- images of artists and they've always they've per, uh, seeped through my mind and come mm-hmm. out in some ways through <laughs> my paintings and there's one very different painting in the collection is the red shoe it's just oh, a painting of yeah. it's very Duchampian I guess yes is that what's going on yeah actually um the red shoe painting um was uh was something that I thought of because there was this this idea in my head that um shoes were kind of like this luxury status sometimes or like a status like class and also um the the kind of shoe it's it's just like a, a female um stiletto and I was thinking about yeah I was thinking about Duchamp and also um image and society and and also the color red is mm-hmm. kind of a very um you know iconic color it can convey a lot of different moods and so that was mm-hmm. that was a different one did you make any other pieces that are similar in that no vein? i thought about it i was going to do some other shoes like converse and all, mm-hmm. but i didn't get around to it i got stuck yeah. on some other idea but kind of but, fell away yeah experiment. yeah it was an experiment but but i thought i did think about doing a few more shoe paintings after that but yeah because mm-hmm. a lot of artists have dealt with the shoe like uh not um Besides Duchamp, there was um, uh, Wayne Thiebaud, um, he did mm-hmm. some Andy Warhol, so I was just doing my own take on it. Mm. Yeah, it's very much in the vein of those guys, I guess, mm-hmm. where it's kind of prefab- pre- prefabricated product mm-hmm. worship ideas. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was, yeah, it was when I was thinking about commodity and class and you know, all these things and what represents that. And, um, so I was going to do a whole series. (laughs) (laughs) And you did have some work on your website that wasn't painting 
right? Oh, there was right. Some video. Yeah, there was a, a video. Um, I did a um, collaboration on um, with uh, two other artists. Um, it was a, a two-channel video. Um, it was uh, the artist Cindy Sai and Jimin Kim. We were in this class, and uh, um, this this video was about. Um, you know, the uh, present condition of kind of aloneness and but t- and togetherness where um, usually we all eat in front of the TV because we don't want to be alone with mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, and it's almost like the TV is a presence or the computer, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of provides that sense of not being alone. Yeah. Um, but yet you're still alone, you're just eating or, you know, mm-hmm. doing things that... Um, other people would normally see mm-hmm. um and so there was there was that um which is kind of connected to my paintings where you know i'm always the, the figure's always alone mm-hmm. um but but yet not because you're kind of looking in and there's this other presence but so it's like a split screen where there's two different people that are mm-hmm. just eating by themselves are they actually like watching yeah, they're something watching some. The uh, yeah, they're watching something that's beyond uh, the camera. You can see them like either like playing with the um, uh, the unseen laptop, mm-hmm. or kind of laughing at something. And then, like the f- one of them, uh, their phone will ring, and they'll be talking to somebody that you can't hear. And, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes, and then at near the end of the video, uh, it'll switch out to another girl, um, and then on the other screen. It'll switch to, and then, but then they're always by themselves. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Have you had any ideas of doing more of this kind of multimedia work? Because it kind of goes along with what you were exploring the painting, where you took a picture of yourself on the TV. There's like mm-hmm. this multi-layered um, setup going on. And yeah. You could, you could really get deep into it if you. Right. Did some video of a video of video <laughs> kind of things. Yeah, I, I shoot a lot of video, um, but I haven't done anything with the, the footage. It was usually little clips. Um, I've thought about doing um, future projects with, um, with mm-hmm. that, the, the footage I've shot, because I like playing with that. It's a, The video screen is kind of like a painting, in a sense. It's mm-hmm. like, you know. A moving painting. Yeah, a moving mm-hmm. painting, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm influenced a lot by film and TV, so... Mm-hmm. Um, the the filmic image is something that I like playing with. Were there would there be any other uh, kind of topics or subjects you would think about including in that would through that different type of medium, you know, than mm. something that would supplement the ideas that you're working with in your paintings, I guess. Oh, you mean within within? Oh, uh, like self portraiture. Yeah, I think. Like, um, daily experiences or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, all, all my um, work centers around the um, the everyday. So it would probably, mm-hmm. yeah, the video I do would probably yeah, i actually been thinking about just kind of shooting um, little vignettes or instances of just everyday activities um, and kind of splicing them together and, and mm-hmm. you know, like a like a loop. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm about out of questions for you. Anything else you want to follow up with before we go? Um, yeah, not really. No? Right. Yeah. Well, sounds good. Thanks for talking with me. And we'll see you around. Thank you. Yep.
And that concludes this episode of Studio Sessions with our guest Helena Hache. You can find her work online at helenahache.com. You can also learn more about me at my website, mattcoolman.com. If you'd like to support this program, you can send a donation through PayPal to Studio Sessions Podcast at gmail.com. Even if you only send $1, your donation helps guarantee I can continue providing interviews with interesting artists for your listening pleasure. And of course, don't forget to visit BigRedAndShiny.com for future episodes, along with other arts and culture content. Thank you for listening, and see you next time on Studio Sessions. <laughs> <laughs>